Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no man not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But, whew, but when he saw Jesus afar off, Sister Griffith, it didn't even take a conversation. He just saw him. <laughs> he ran. What's holding us up? He ran. He ran to the one that had the answers. I'm not going to preach about it, but I'd like to know why we still sitting in pews when Jesus is in this house. Somebody needs to run to him and get their answer. He ran and worshiped him. I'd like to talk for a little bit here about no more chains. Lord bless you. You can be seated. You know, I was teaching this lesson a while back right here in the 930 service, and we had some more stuff going on, and I was kind of filling in that day, but the Lord gave me this. But I know when I stopped that day and I closed the Bible and went down for the second part of the service, I know the Lord literally spoke to me and said, you are not done with that message. Do not put that message in your briefcase. Leave it in your Bible because I want you to finish that word. So when Pastor Jordan asked me to preach today, it wasn't very hard to find out where I needed to go. I needed to open my Bible, find my notes right where they were, and just go with what I feel God wants to finish. But do you realize that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was up on the deep? It was then, Brother Minson, that the Spirit of God decided to move. He moved when it was dark and void. If there's something that attracts the Holy Ghost here today, is our darkness, our void, our brokenness. You are in the right place to have the Spirit of God to move in your situation. You say, I'm broken. He can fix it. You say, I feel void. He can fill it. You say, I have a darkness. Uh, he can bring the light. You are in the right place to get your need met. Amen? It was without void. And God said the first thing he decided to do, Bishop, he said, let there be light. Woo, come on, somebody. God hates darkness. God does not dwell in darkness. He does not do anything in darkness. God always comes through the front door. He's not coming through the back door. He don't have hidden agendas. When God is God, he will always be God. And he hates darkness. He died for our 
darkness. Hello? And he brought us a great light. That same spirit that moved in the beginning and broke the darkness is still moving in this present generation. Can I get an amen in the house? How many in this house, seriously, by the raising of your hand, if you are too proud to admit you have been filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to recheck your Holy Ghost. I found the Holy Ghost that I got humbled me in every single way. It caused me to realize I can't do it on my own. It caused me to realize I need a Savior. It caused me to realize I need Jesus. That's what the Holy Ghost does. How many in the house has the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Woo! There's enough power in this building to change this entire community. I said there's enough power in this building to change this community. We got it going on. We got the answer. We are filled with his spirit. And remember the night he broke your darkness. Woo! Amen. But remember when he's climbing out of the ship there, that previously... He had to calm a storm. Remember that? And he said three simple words. Peace, be still. Somebody say those three words with me. Peace, be still. That quick, your answer can happen. That fast, your deliverance can come. I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't got to come to this altar and beg Jesus for the Holy Ghost. No. Get that out of your mind. He removed the weight after the day of Pentecost. They waited for it. But I got some news for you. When it was once poured out and they received it on Pentecost, nowhere else he told them you had to wait. The Holy Ghost is for whosoever will. Let him come. If you need it, come and get it. You say, is it that simple? Oh, it's that simple. You ain't got to confess to nobody in this building or any other building. You just got to come and make it right with your Savior. Hello? But he just calmed the storm. And he went, and soon as he arrived to this shore, the disciples just see him calm a storm. But actually, that storm was preparing them for this storm. They just watched the waves stop, Sister Tina. And now here comes a man with 10,000 devils with him. Have you ever seen like life takes you from one storm to another? But you know what also that means? He takes you from one victory to another. Come on, somebody, preach with me. He takes you from one victory to another. Though I walk through the shadow of death, he said walk. He didn't say camp. He didn't say stay there. You may be walking through the valley, but your mountaintop is coming. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Uh, you may go from storm to storm, but we're also going from victory to victory. You could be knocked down today, get back up tonight, and still have victory. We got to quit thinking the church is based on perfection. Come on, man. If, you, if you're sitting here today and you think you're perfect, you're in the wrong building. <laughs> you need to get with that self-righteous club. 
This club needs Jesus. Hello? I promise you, you hang out with Steve Powell for eight hours, you're going to say, boy, that guy ain't perfect. I'm like, man, I could have told you that from the first minute. And guess what? I ain't trying to impress you. I ain't living this for you. I'm living this for him. And I know when I fall, I'm getting up. I know where my salvation came from. I know where I was when he found me. And nobody here had nothing to do with that. He's seen Steve Pop. He's seen you. He sees everyone here. He knew what you were and where you were when he found Oh, I can't call them. They in too much darkness is something we'll never hear God say. Hello? I'm telling you right now, you can come from anything to this. And here's the flip side. And you can come from anything to this and find joy and peace. But you can't go from this to anything and refine it. Once you find this treasure, you have found the very best God has to offer. There's nothing else coming down the road. So quit trying to figure a prophecy out. The Holy Ghost met you. He saved you. He redeemed you. That's the greatest gift God has to offer his church. There's nothing better coming. There's nothing better coming. And he had his dwellings among the tombs. Say he hung out in the tombs. (laughs) The atmosphere you live in will have a great play in your decisions and your deliverance. You can hang out in the tombs and you're going to think like dead people. You can hang out in the tombs and you don't think like people who have life. Hello? So where he hung out at had a lot to do with what was going on. I got news for you. I wasn't thinking about light when I was sitting in bars. I was thinking about playing another song. Sweetie, I ain't ready to go home. <laughs> Just being honest with you. Can't respect that. I don't know what to tell you. Hello? But in the same time, Bishop, the same time, in that same dark place, I've had people come up to me that did not know me and say, you're in the wrong place. God don't do that. Boy, have you missed out on a lot. Newsflash, God does what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, and he ain't passing out permission slips to do it. I've been sitting in bars and people tell me there's something else for you. You don't belong here. I was sitting in darkness, but that don't stop the light. That don't stop the light because the light breaks darkness. Amen. You got to get out of that atmosphere. This is why he brought us out of darkness. Out of darkness. Into. Somebody say into. His marvelous. Remember the night he turned that light on for you? My light's still burning. The devil's been trying to put my light out, but my light's still going. And you know what? When that rapture does come and when Jesus does come, he's going to say, hey, he's one of mine. I can see the light. I can see the light. There's a light burning in that house. There's a light burning in that. Come on, somebody, turn the light on. Keep the light on. You've been brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Amen. 
Some people don't believe two would be in the bed, one would be taken, one would be left. Oh, I believe that because one had the light on. I said one had the light on. It's going to make a difference how your spiritual condition is when he comes again. How he finds you will be how he receives you at that moment. Well, I failed yesterday. Well, if he didn't come before you got it straightened out, you could be in a little trouble. But if you straightened it out, you all right. We're making this way too hard. Way too hard. If you're doing what he told you to do to the best of your ability and you're serving him and you're making things right the best you can, you all right. Well, listen to these negative people. Hello? They try to tell you you got to do a thousand different things to be saved. Here's what I had to do. Repent. Be baptized in his name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and walk accordingly to his will. There's four steps, not 675. Oh, I know that's true. <laughs> if you want deliverance, you must be willing to leave where you are and come where he's at. Are you hearing me? You can't sit in darkness and it happened for you. You know what proves you're tired of darkness? You start walking toward the light. Come on. Then Jesus says, okay, they're serious. They're coming toward me. But as long as you keep coming to this, you, you can come to this church for the next 10 years and never receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can sit in some of the greatest services that we could possibly have this side of heaven and never be filled with his spirit. That's not being negative. That's being truthful. What can change? You. 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 Me. You got to get sick and tired of darkness. You got to get tired of addictions. You got to get tired of the bad life. You got to get tired of the situation. Only you and I can change that. Not even God will change that. He will change it when you come to him. But until you come to him, you will remain in darkness. We can all be filling the Holy Ghost and just, I mean, getting our praise on. And you can sit there. That is all your choice. I've never been into that begging situation. If you want Jesus, you got to get up and come where he is. And if we got to talk you into it, you're probably not going to stay long. Yeah. All right. Hello. All right. When you want him, you'll come for him. Yeah. Seek and you'll find. There is things that God put up on it. Search for him. Look for him. Come and find him today. Quit worrying about your past, your darkness. Remember, you're walking out of darkness into his marvelous light. You can't bring darkness with you because light stops it. Are you hearing me? <laughs> because, you know, he'd been up in these tombs cutting himself. They throw chains on him and it just nothing helped. Let me just inform you. The world does not have the spiritual answer that you need. The world does a lot of good things to help people. I'm not up here to knock any of it. But for your spiritual man, only Jesus can satisfy your soul. No one else. Nothing else. I'm telling you right now. I know I joke about it, but when I was an alcoholic, I have talked to people 
You can call them psychi. You can call them whatever you want to call them. I called them psychopaths by the time I got done with them. I thought, man, I think I need to lay you on the couch and ask the questions. I didn't receive much of that stuff good. Some of it could have been because I'm really bullheaded. Shocks you, I get it, but that's the way it was. But let me tell you, I talked to all kinds of people. Sister Lloyd, talked to friends, medical people. I talked to a lot of people, and I still went to bed drunk. Still went to bed with habits. Nothing earthly, no earthly voice, Bishop, could take away my addictions, Brother Jacob. It only soothes you for a little while. You hear me? But when we see Jesus, when we see Jesus, demons aren't going to be able to hold you up. Come on, somebody. Your addictions can't hold you up. Your darkness can't hold you up. There's nothing that can stop you. I feel the Holy Ghost right now more than I have in any point in this message. You're allowing your darkness to stop you. Service after service after service. You need a good glimpse of Jesus. You need to get up from where you are and come where he is. Quit sitting there. Quit wasting service after service after service. God wants to fill you today. Amen. This world don't have your answers. They think the answer is throw another chain on you. God's answer is I'll take that chain off. You don't have a chain that he don't have a lock to. I can promise you that. I remember, this is the truth, I remember preaching one time, and not, forget me, but preaching one time and hearing these strange noises, and I think I've told you this before, I'm not for sure, people were getting the Holy Ghost and a lot of stuff was going on, there was satanic people in the altar that was a part of a satanic church, and I was preaching up there and I heard boom, boom, bang, just rattles, and I, and I kept looking around and saying, what is that? And Sister Giver to the Lord just literally said, those are chains falling. Those are chains falling. You hear chains hitting the floor. You hear chains hitting the floor. You tired of carrying that chain? Why don't you let it hit the floor today? Why don't you go home without your chain? Why don't you go home without that darkness? Why don't you go home with victory today? But only you can decide that. Would somebody just make a difference and get up and change your life today? Well, I'm waiting on God. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. He's been waiting on you for a long time. Quit saying you waiting on God. I'm waiting on God to fill me with the Holy Ghost. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. You just kidding yourself and listen to the lie of the enemy. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost when you're ready. So you ain't waiting on him. Well, we'll have revival when God. Quit saying when God. We create that stuff. Then God shows up. It's like the old saying, I'll dance when God hits me in the head and makes me. Wow. Really? <laughs> and we all know David never even had the Holy Ghost. And he was the greatest worshiper and dancer in the Bible. What are you waiting on to show him glory? You don't need permission slips. 
If he brought you out, your hands need to raise. If he brought you out, you need to give him praise. If he took off your shackles and he took off your chains, what's holding you up? Somebody shout his name. God wants to hear us. God wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear my voice. Thank God I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Somebody shout, I'm free. You are free. He set you free. Quit blaming everything on God. He ain't got nothing to do with it. God saves you. You must commit. I could have sat there that night and let the Holy Ghost walk right by me. Hey, I've passed before. I've watched people hold on to the back of the pew and you couldn't pry their hands off of it with a crowbar. And then you sit there and say, and when God, really? We'd have to break your fingers to get you loose and come up here. We're saying when God. If God. If God, there's no if in God. Remove that. Let me tell you, when your joy of the Lord will come, when you leave where you are, and you come where he's at. You say, got proof? I always got proof, even if it's wrong. Proof? Here it is. Moses came down from the mountain. They were dancing around that little golden calf. Remember that? And you know what he said? Who's on the Lord's side? Boy, what a simple message. Kind of needs to be preached everywhere we go. Who's on the Lord's side? That's the message of this hour. Who's on the Lord's side? And then you know what he said? Let him come out from where he is. And come over to this side. Woo, come on, somebody. You just need to swap sides. You just need to get out of the crowd you're in. You need to come to his side. Moses said, I ain't going in that mess. I'm not going to be a part of idolatry. Hey, sign me up. Well, here's the qualification. Leave where you are and come over here. Leave where you are and come over here. It's the winning side. It's the rapture side. It's the joy side. It's the hallelujah side. God will meet your need. Hello, somebody. And you know, there is no more chains. Let me give you another illustration. How many remember Samson? I love the story of Samson. I talk about it and preach about it quite a bit. I understand that. But I like where he got his deliverance. Right in the prison of his enemies. You would think, surely, surely this is not going to happen there. Now, the devil's already told you. Let me tell you what the devil's already told some of you. How do I know? Because he told me the same thing. If I go up there and get the Holy Ghost, the enemy's already spoke to you. Well, it's probably not going to last long anyway. That's why you got to plan for the long haul, sweetie. You got to say, I'm in this to stay. I'm going to stick. Come what may, I'm going to serve him. Come what may, I've committed to him. When you start thinking that like that, I promise you, you'll stand the test, you'll stand the storm, you'll stand the enemy. This starts with us, not him, us. That home, you're waiting on God. He's scratching his head and say, I'm waiting on you. 
can't do nothing, hear me, without our permission. You were born with a will. If God was going to stop something, he'd have stopped Adam and Eve. Then we all wouldn't be getting up and going to jobs we don't like. But he didn't. They had a will, Brother Jacob. And even though God was so against that, God did not stop that. You can go, well, keep your wells out of it. He didn't stop it. Let's just call it what it is. They did exactly what God told them not to do. And so do we. Sometimes we act like Jonah's the only guy in the book that went the wrong way. You know how many wrong way signs God has showed me? I can't I quit counting. Yeah, God, my bad. Hear me. God's waiting on you. He waited on me to surrender our will. You say, I want these chains off. I can tell you exactly how to do that. Come to him. Come to him. And he's sitting there grinding at the mill, right in the enemy's dungeon in prison. But boy, the story wasn't over. Right there in that prison, Samson began to regain his anointing and his strength. And he killed a lot of people and people of enemies that day. But his deliverance came in the prison. Paul and Silas saying in the prison. Say, I want out of this prison. He'll give you a song for that. Night and day, he was in the mountains, tombs, crying, cut him himself. Give me about another 10 minutes here and I'll be done. And these actions were a cry for deliverance. We are surrounded by a world a community, friends, family, co-workers, Brother Jacob, that are crying for deliverance. Now, you can call it boastful, arrogance, whatever you want, but I feel we have the answer. Well, I don't want to come across as truthful. Lord, what do you want to come across as? There's one truth. There's just one Lord. There's just one faith. There's just one baptism. Are you hearing me? We have truth. We don't set them free, but we have a message and know a message that can set them free. Nobody's beyond God's reach. Quit listening to the satanic lies. No one is beyond God's reach. If that was the case, Calvary was not needed. No disrespect. Why would he have to come to a cross if it wasn't for full redemption for whosoever will? That's why he came. He proved his love. He proved all of that. He's got nothing else to prove to you or to me. If Calvary's death and the cruelty that was there isn't enough to prove to you God loves you. You have some serious issues. Calvary is proof of God's love. 
of God's redemption plan. Now, do you want that? That's where the real question lies. He sat there crying, cutting himself a cry for deliverance. But when he saw Jesus, <laughs> why did he instantly run to Jesus? Immediately, the Bible says, What made this man possessed with legions say, oh, there's my hope. Here's why. I, I personally feel there's something about Christ. When he steps into the atmosphere, everybody knows it. Hell knows it. Sinners know it. The church knows it because he don't need an announcement. He just steps in. And that man who had 10,000 devils sitting in tombs, Sister Urban, cutting himself and crying, that head had to pop up. Whoa, I feel something different on this place. Are you hearing me? If you're a first-time visitor, we want you to feel something different in this place. We want you to feel the life changer in this place. We want you to feel hope and deliverance and peace in this place. I think it was the presence of God stepping on that shore that just got his attention. He knew, Brother Griffith, that hope had arrived. He also knew this one wasn't going to throw another chain on him. He also knew that his waiting was about to come to an end. Ooh, can I get a witness? Your waiting can come to an end today. You say, well, I've heard people say that before. Well, apparently you ain't been listening because it's the truth. Your waiting can end today. <laughs> He felt that. I believe he felt the presence of the Lord. And you want to know something very powerful? Can you put up verse 7 for me real quick? Chapter 5, verse 7. I want to show you something. That's the, you, here's your proof, okay? So we get I'll show you the proof. But when he went there, and that man who was possessed with legions and devils and all that, I just said he felt the presence of the Lord. He knew something was different. And when he got there, Look who was doing the crying out. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus? Even the enemy knew something was about to change. Devils know if you get here, something could change. Something could happen. And this devil realized, whoa, hang on. We know who you are. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't you tell me the devil don't keep a diary. Don't you tell me the devil's not your enemy. I'm going to tell you right now. You say, how can we run the devil out of this place? Very simple. Get the Holy Ghost moving. People start talking in tongues. People start worshiping God. And the devil can't stay or exist in that atmosphere. Just be like me trying to go back to an alcoholic house and say, I'm comfortable here. The Holy Ghost would not be comfortable. Say, well, they don't bother me. Well, that's that's fine. 
That's when you're in Jesus. It would bother me. Are you saying? You see what I'm saying? The devil said, whoo. They even knew, Sister Lloyd, something different walked on the shore. When he walks in, we know. We know. And I want to point to one more thing, and I'm going to close. Stroll down to verse 15. If we miss this, Verse 15, please, of the same chapter. We see him at the beginning cutting, crying himself, doing all this stuff, no help. But they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. No more chains. Brother Dustin, could you find us? No more chains. You don't find the crying. You don't find all of that cutting themselves. You don't find him in the tombs. Christ took this man, delivered him, clothed him, set him in his right mind, and changed everything. He can do that for you. He can do that for me. He did that for me. There's so many people sitting in this building that can stand and testify to you right now that may be searching for Christ. Well, I had a drinking problem. Well, this one had a drug problem. This one had an addiction of some kind. This one was living in this. This one could have been living in false religion. This one could have been living. That's the way I've always been told. There's many, many things that can hold you up. But there's probably somebody in this building that could look you straight in your eyes and tell you, that's what he brought me. That's what he brought me from. I'm telling you, if you're sitting here struggling with alcohol, in five minutes, in a confession altar, weeping before the Lord, alcohol was gone. Thirty-five plus years, and I know I said all the time, but guess what? It's my story, and I don't get tired of it. I can say thirty-five plus years later, never another sip of alcohol, never another smoking of a joint, never popped another pill. Why? Because he set me down and clothed me, put me in my right mind. And took off all the chains. All the chains. Would you like your chain removed today? Seriously. I'm appealing to you and telling you that God loves you. I don't care where you're living. Saints, let's quit acting like sometimes it's just for first time visitors and sinners. You could need something too. We all need something. To say you need nothing is a deception. Could we stand? Those that would, would you just come and gather around? Let's have a season of prayer. In your own way, I want you to feel comfortable. If you've never come to an altar, we're going to have people in the altar. People will pray for you. You feel comfortable in what you're doing. No one wants to force you into anything. 
Your salvation is between you and the Lord. Here's what I'm telling you. You can leave with no more chains. He sets free. Let's all just worship Him.